Happy feast of St. John the Baptist, the great precursor, cousin, witness to the Lord. Um, yeah, what can I say about St. John the Baptist? <laughs> uh, today I really want to continue on St. Miriam of Bethlehem, but what I do love about St. John the Baptist is probably best captured in a statue that I saw in the Basilica of Saint Maxima in the south of France, where the relics, the skull of Mary Magdalene is. And uh, it's great basilica devoted to that saint, St. Mary Magdalene. And there was this statue and it was John holding the lamb and his hand, his finger was pointing to the lamb. And it was just the way the sculptor captured the, the his finger. Um, said that's John. John's whole life was to point to Jesus. And that's what we have to become. We have to become John the Baptist's witnessing to that the Lord is number one in our life by by putting him above all else. And that's what John did. He went literally into the desert and the Hebrew word for desert is minbar, which means a wordless place. It's a wordless place. And so it's where John could concentrate completely and entirely. So we have to find our wordless places in our life, our deserts in our life, where we could focus all the faculties of our mind and heart on the Lord. And this is John the Baptist. And our lives are to become that big finger that points people to Christ. And when they see us, they will want to know Jesus. And this brings me to St. Miriam of Bethlehem because this was her whole life. Because St. Miriam recognized that God was worthy of giving her whole life to contemplation and prayer and praise to. That God is worthy of all our praise and adoration. God doesn't call everybody to a life of particularly uh, devoted to just praise and adoration and prayer as the con purely contemplative dimension. But it does exist. And because it just witnesses to the rest of the church that, that God is worthy and that his infinite beauty and his goodness captivates our hearts and our minds in such a way that we, if we get to that space and place, then we want to pursue him with complete passion and complete uh, devotedness and, and joy and love. This was St. Mary of Bethlehem. She just craved for Christ above everything. And so she craved for solitude. And that's one of the, the desire for solitude is always a sign that one is getting closer to Jesus, that one is getting deeper along the purification of the spiritual life, that when the desire for to be alone with God grows more and more, and that one takes less and less comfort in the things of this world and in fact being in the world and amounts things that are not centered on christ uh, that causes the soul a great pain and an ache uh, which we call the contemplative wound uh, what what is what i said the other day that saint miriam bethlehem had in her heart a contemplative wound because nothing but god alone satisfied her in her pursuit and we see this in her writings this this complete desire to be a christ and is proof that she found this desire in deep union with him because she even had the mystical wounds of Jesus on her body, the stigmata. Many people have invisible stigmatas. We all have a form of the stigmata in our life by participating in the passion and the wounds of Jesus, aka the cross, or aka just suffering in our life. It may not have to be visible in extraordinary phenomena as a wound on our body, but, but we can, uh, as we know life too well, that we can suffer with the Lord and and in a way we participate and we have his wounds imprinted on us in that sense when we suffer for righteousness sake or for for good things 
uh, not the kind of suffering because of our sin, but because of trying to pursue the good. And but she had her suffering printed on her body, like Padre Pio, other saints, like Matrobin in France. Uh, she she had the stigmata. She was her because of her intense desire to be with God in prayer. Many of the nuns would see her levitating in prayer. This is a, a phenomenon amongst many saints, or many even just holy people who have reached that intense union with God, that it can, not always, but manifest in this extraordinary phenomenon of of being lifted off the ground because the soul in one with the body lifts the body towards God and is in some form of ecstasy. There was this really interesting story that she had uh, uh, instructions from the Lord to, to uh, alert the Pope in Rome that there was a foil, there was a plan to plant explosives on the St. Peter's Basilica. And because of the uh, the instruction from the Lord, and uh, the God, she got word to the Vatican, and they found these explosives in time. So that was recorded and noted. Um, and so she was also known because the Lord had gave her an exact blueprint of a monastery that he wanted to build in Bethlehem, which stands today, and it's built like a watchtower, which captured the whole Carmelite spirituality of watching and prayer, waiting for the Lord. And so the Lord designed this monastery exactly as how he wanted it. And Miriam got the monastery built and it's there to be seen. There are many things about her life. I just want to say this one cool point that, you know, she said, our sins are like manure for our life. When we bring our sins to God through repentance, that God can even turn our sins into the very sources of the deepest blessings in our life, that our very failures brought to Jesus could be the very thing by which we can grow even more further in the spiritual life. So brothers and sisters, let us not get discouraged. God bless.